everybody. Welcome to the Lifestyle Business Podcast, where we believe starting a profitable business is the best way to achieve the lifestyle that you desire. Ian, give us an idea of where you are and what you're doing, man. Hey, Dan. How's it going? It's going good. Good. I'm in uh, sunny California, although it's not very sunny right now. June gloom. And just got back to the office and uh, popped on the headset, and here you are. Rockin'. Well, I'm in Manila, getting ready for a really fun weekend. Big muscle car show, going up to Subic Bay, doing a bunch of fun stuff. Love the weekends here in the Philippines. Good time. Wait, muscle cars in the Philippines? How does that work? Is there a big culture there? Yeah, there's a good culture. Of, there's a great car culture here in the Philippines. There's a lot of cool muscle cars here, and we're going to be participating with one of my friend's cars and going around and looking at all the sweet stuff, you know? So I'm really excited about that. Nice. Actually, to let our audience know, we are preparing some car content. Our listeners do know that you are a big car guy in terms of your expertise. You can actually build one, and you have. You have built cars that have been featured in magazines. I just love cars myself. So we're going to be doing some episodes about how to minimize car costs because I think that's one of the biggest costs that our listeners have if they live in the United States is driving. And so you're a guy that you've owned the last, I think, four cars that you've owned, you've like made money or broken even on. So we've definitely got to do an episode on that, man. Yeah, I think it's going to be about hacking your transportation. A lot of people come back into the States. A lot of people live in the States. And that's usually one of your biggest startup costs or one of your biggest expenses on a monthly basis is your automobile. And it doesn't have to be. Right. A couple bits of news. Thanks to Cody McKibben for, the I think, the sweetest tweet of the week. Anyone who wants to live the dream and have a rockin' biz, Dan and Ian's podcast is the effing best. And he actually <laughs> dropped the F-bomb on Twitter, which is awesome. Like, I want this podcast to be described in expletives. So that's sweet. I've got a couple tweets from It Walkabout on the role of mastermind and advisory groups. So today we are going to talk about just three quick, real quick tips about how to successfully network, find mastermind groups, and find partners, which I think are all kind of the same issue. At the end of the episode, we've got some Gmail hacks that we use, two SEO tips, and one new piece of software that I think is revolutionizing the way people do business on the Internet. What do you got in terms of uh, news, Ian? Well, over here in California, for our design company, and this isn't really totally relevant to our audience probably, but we're getting ready to hire an intern for the summer. And so that's pretty big news for us because uh, we've never had an intern. And I hope to build an army of interns at some point. And so this is going to be our first one. So we're going to hire an industrial design intern. Are you going to pay them? It's to be decided. We haven't really settled that up yet. It kind of depends on the person. It kind of depends on what they're going to be doing. But yeah, possibly we are. Is there any way our listeners can participate? I mean, if they know someone who wants to do industrial design work, should they email you something or anything like that? Absolutely. Hit me up at anything Ian on Twitter. Send me your email address. Get in touch with me that way. And we have Cool. One cool piece of news over here is that the Tropical MBA has been decided for semester two. We selected David, an Austrian uh, guy who's traveling the world from livelifebig.net. I think he's really going to be an awesome fit. I mean, he's already traveling the world. He's already in the freaking Philippines. He likes it here, which is, you know, the Philippines isn't exactly uh, for everyone. And he's a computer programmer, proven blogger, another triumph of the model of 
post-credential hiring and just hiring people based on what they're already doing that can benefit your business. And wow, sweet. Talk about the power of networking too. There's a great freaking case study and I think a seg into our key business, uh, key, key focus of the episode, which is three principles that we think help you become a successful networker or can help you track down business partners. And these are the kinds of the things that have worked with us in the past. And number one, I just want to segue this really quick, Dan. And I think a lot of, a lot of networking for, for a lot of people can be frustrating. Not only is, is the activity of networking frustrating, but, but finding people. I mean, so many, so many times when I was younger, I'd you know, sit around and wish I could have meaningful conversations about, uh, about business before I met some of the people that I know now. Did that happen to you as well? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, entrepreneurs can be a lonely group. I mean, even guys at the top, I mean, some in some ways, the higher, farther along you get, the more difficult it is to find a peer group. You know, if, if you if what you like to do on the weekends is hang around and like watch the game and like talk about the movie that you saw on Friday, not that those are bad things, but it's very easy to find people that want to talk about that stuff. But if what you want to do is like be super serious all the time about your business and uh, what the opportunity is to like push it to the next level, it becomes very difficult to find people. So yeah, it can be frustrating. So we've got three tips. We've got three tips. We've done an episode that's in the trash can right now that we got to resurrect, which is called how to start a business. And we laid out four principles. And this first principle was the same one that we laid out for how to start a business. And it's one that people just don't take seriously enough and are very intimidated by. And it's be an expert. I think that this is so underrated. Like you have to have expertise and that's the number one thing that's that people are going to look to you as someone who can provide value. And can you give some of your thoughts surrounding expertise and how you've developed it in your life? I mean, how does one become an expert? Just a, a general thirst for, for knowledge. Right. And so I, I think that you have to have that, that hunger to become an expert. I think everybody has a thirst for knowledge. Um, and the people that maybe aren't engaging that, Oftentimes it can be because they're shoehorned into something that they're not passionate about. And so if you don't, if you're like sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm not really the kind of person that is just out there hungry for knowledge all the time. Well, then you're probably just not focused on the right stuff. That probably doesn't apply too, too much to this audience. My sense is that if you're the kind of person that's digging up a podcast like this, you've got that insatiable hunger. And so you've really got to engage that and focus it on things that are valuable. I mean, the other mistake that people make with expertise is that they choose things that aren't that valuable. Yeah. And you want to really try to aim at the high end of the market. Like an example would be like WordPress theming. If you're an expert at WordPress theming, you're going to get priced out of the market. You're going to get your commodity, you know, and you might be able to make some money on that stuff. But if you're there, that's great. You can generate some income, but focus your spotlight of expertise on the next level then and higher level stuff that you can create. And so it's not good enough just to be an expert at something that is a commodity. And if you do want to be an expert on something like a commodity, make sure that you do it very quickly. So if you want to be an expert on WordPress theming, do it at the height of it when you when you know you can make the most money, but make sure that you get up to speed like pretty quick on that kind of stuff. Word. Absolutely. I mean, there, there is another way to become an expert too, and that's like more organically 
on on a larger market. Number two, and this really plays into you know the expert thing is publish content or start a business. And it's this is kind of like walk the walk already. You know, if if you're learning about business, start a blog and start publishing content about the process of learning about a business. Get used to publishing get used to doing transactions and becoming a business. There's no way to learn like doing. That's the bottom line. Uh, a million scientists are in chorus agreeing with me right now. You've just got to do stuff. That's the biggest way to learn and you know, to fast track your way to becoming an expert. Putting yourself out there, doing stuff, taking people's money, publishing content and being responsible for it. You know, that's the way to get this learning stuff going on blogging or starting a business sometimes comes before becoming an expert, obviously. Yeah. You know, one foot in front of the other here. So when you talk about blogging, just like you mentioned before, it doesn't necessarily make sense to blog about your family or, you know, what's going on in your neighborhood, unless you want to become some kind of expert and and monetize that. I'm not even sure how you'd possibly do that. So, Well, I can give you an interesting case study between our blogs. You know, you want to think about the kind of value that you're supplying. I mean, right now, the blog that I have with the smallest readership um, is easily the most valuable blog that I have in terms of money and networking. And that is the blog outsourced to the Philippines.com. That's way more valuable than tropicalmba.com, which is a tool to get affordable, cheap interns. And that's great. And of course, you know, if we wanted to, we could turn Tropical MBA into like a training course or something and charge people a monthly fee, which we might actually do someday. And then it would be, you know, a nice little business, but really like I've got from outsource the Philippines.com. I've got multiple emails from high level CEOs in my inbox right now that want to work with me. And that's an example of how you can publish expert content that solves basically high value problems for people and that's going to allow you to network with people. So that's just a great example. And literally, like, that blog doesn't have tons and tons of subscribers. It's pro- I think right now, Outsource the Philippines has, like, 150 subscribers. And but, but when I put up an offer there that said, hey, maybe I can help you out with the Philippines, I got, like, I get emails every day for that, every day. And a lot of it is SEO traffic, you know, people coming in from searching for how to hire a Filipino or how to set up a call center in the Philippines or whatever it is. And that's a really great way to network because you're networking via doing business with people. You're already yeah. making a big show of value. It's And, it, wow, like what a great networking platform. And so if, yeah. I, think, I think that blog is an awesome case study. Go take a look at that blog. And that's just been like a networking cornucopia for me. Uh, yeah, and you're, you're doing business. So I can't tell you how many times through doing business – I've acquired other business or relationships. I mean, it's because there's a there's a general consensus between two people or there's a, there's an idea that pe- two people share and it's not about, you know, what kind of catch up you like, it's about what kind of business you like to do or what kind of products you like to buy and and it matters on a on more of a scale than with yourself. That is so critical. I mean, it is it's the level of intensity, the level of consequence. In some ways, you know, when you look at a blog at the Tropical MBA, when you're talking about like lifestyle design and like travel and fun stuff, it's like 
I think you can ratchet it up to a level where you like really change people's lives. An example of that is like the Internet Business Mastery Academy. Yeah, like you join that, you pay a hundred bucks a month, and you're really trying to change your life. You're really trying to start a business. Whereas right now, like because I'm not offering a product like that at Tropical MBA, it's more like a flirtation. It's like, hey, isn't this cool? Like, isn't it fun to think about tropical islands and to do remote businesses and stuff? There's not like a lot of consequence there, and because of that, there's not tons of networking value that's coming from it. And so the Tropical MBA is really going to become an interesting networking tool when I, like, bring up the level of consequence there, like make it a training program. And when I do offer a particular program, like when we hired uh, Sean Ogle, for example, that was the moment when that was a huge networking value because we ratcheted up the consequence and the meaningfulness. So I think it's really important, like, you know, if you're just sitting around shooting the shit about hanging out on tropical islands and stuff, you're not, it's not like a really valuable networking tool. You've got to ratchet it up, charge for something, you know, offer supreme value, you know, change people's lives, make people money, that kind of thing. And that segs interestingly into the third point that we've got, which is because the consequences are so high and the stakes are so big, you've got to focus on genuine liking. Um, I think a lot of people, they network with people because they see like some kind of advantage in it for them. And I don't see any of that working out in my life. All the people that I have significant partnerships with or that have been huge networking windfalls for me, I genuinely like them as a friend first. And I think that's important. Um, And people miss that. And what a lot of people do is they'll go after these connections where there's like no possible way that you could be friends with that person. There's some kind of structural incongruency, you know, like this person will never really like me. This person has a huge different value set than me or something like that, but you'll still kind of like hang on to that connection because you're like, well, that guy's rich or well, that guy has this business that could benefit me or whatever. My advice is just to drop that kind of stuff. If what you want to do is network with some guy that's like very, very different from you, you got to figure out whether you can be that guy's friend, like whether, what, what would kind of person would you need to be in order to be that person's friend? And would that be good for you? Would you genuinely enjoy that? Because the real value comes with those long-term relationships that you can sustain over years. Yeah. It's like when you're a kid and you know, the kid down the street had like the cool bike and you didn't have any bike. So you wanted to be friends with that kid down the street so you could ride his bike. Right. Well, the kid down the street doesn't think too much of you wanting to borrow his bike all the time. Right. He <laughs> thinks, Oh, this is the kid without a bike. <laughs> But the real way to have a good time is to show up down the street with your own bike and go riding with that kid. Mm. And so I think a lot of a lot of that has to do with business and genuine liking and, and striking up relationships that matter and something that you can bring to the table. Um, because a lot of times people aren't just going to give, give, give and not get any. Even if uh, even if there's some some large discrepancies in the relationship, there, there's got to be enough that's that's uh, congruent. Yeah, I think if you want to network with somebody, you really got to ask yourself the question, look, do I really want to be friends with this person? And if the answer is no, then just look the other way. There's a lot of options out there, you know? Sure. So I think that's pretty critical. So those are three tips. Um, And just the biggest thing, you know, I get emails in my inbox all the time, like I need a tech co-founder, like I need to do X and Y, like how do I do it? And you've got to meet people halfway. If you haven't boned up to be an expert on something, like get started, 
Because if you're just a guy who's looking for an opportunity, you know, there's going to be things out there every once in a while. But if you look at even things like the Tropical NBA, which are like basically freebie opportunities, both of the guys who won that opportunity, they were already on their way to becoming experts. You know, they were already out there doing it. And uh, if you're at square one, you know, relationships aren't going to get you to the next level because you're not going to have them. Because, you know, people aren't going to want to spend time on you if you're not providing some kind of expert value. So I think that that's a great place to start. Ian, I'm excited to hear about how you hack that inbox, man. Let's start off with yeah. some Gmail tips. Some people don't know about the Gmail Labs feature. There's some things in Labs that we use in our our Gmail inboxes. We use Gmail for all of our businesses. And one of the things we've talked about quite a bit is how Gmail allows you to sync with your server. So in, in one of our web servers we use is Bluehost. And we use that for our outbound email. So you can get an email from me, dear listener, from dan at Lifestyle Business Podcast or dan at tropicalmba.com, which looks professional. And I can select that in Gmail. And it actually gets sent through Bluehost. So it gets that domain stamp. It doesn't say, you know, the other way it could happen is like dan at, you know, I have these weird Gmail address. And it comes through on behalf of dan at Lifestyle Business Podcast. It looks like junk. Not cool. It's okay, but it's not super cool to be like lifestyle business podcast at gmail.com. I mean, it's well, here's a- the thing is you got so many options with this Google. Gmail is, is, is a beast. And yeah. There's a bunch of different features. There's a few, I think there's a few crucial ones that I use like that I couldn't deal without. So the first one is undo send. And basically what you have to do to get to these is you've got to go to settings and then labs. And then there's a bunch of different uh, labs. And so I do undo send. That's that's my number one uh, tip. And basically what that allows you to do is to hit undo once you've sent. And uh, obviously Outlook has a similar feature, but Google's only lasts about, what, five to seven seconds. And it allows you to hit undo. So very valuable. Actually, uh, I was on the Google boards a couple years ago requesting that feature. The one thing that I miss about Outlook, I don't miss anything about Outlook except one thing. I really, the two-minute thing? I really wish you could program your time. Yeah. If, if if Google would do that, it would just be like, all right, you guys have won. Best email functionality across the board. That's the one feature is to have that two-minute go back and uh, oopsies kind of right. thing. But, uh, yeah, I'll take my five seconds. I definitely use the undo thing quite a bit. So the next thing I use is I enable in the labs Google Voice. I use Google Voice all the time. Uh, it's great, and basically all that allows you to do is to uh, see your voicemails in your inbox, yes, um, and play them in your inbox. So that's that's pretty cool. The other thing I do is I set up some uh, sp- special spam filters. So basically, if you go to filters, um, you can create filters based on words or text. So some of my filters are Viagra and Pfizer, and so basically. Every time I get an email from a spammer that's trying to sell me enhancement drugs, I basically put the subject or some of the drug names into my filters, and then basically it puts all those into my trash. Right. And so that's super valuable because those guys are always changing up their... Uh... Yeah, and if and you can get really creative with this. And the cool thing about it is how easy it is to implement. Like, it's not like a big eye roll to implement this stuff. It's You just click filter messages like these and you're off to the races. And I, I use it for stuff like uh, Google Alerts. Like, eventually I just got so into Google Alerts that I would just... It was information overload. 
And so I just automatically have them all going into one folder. You can do that with, uh, you know, newsletters from people that you've signed up to. Maybe you want a certain blogger that you want to get their newsletter, but you don't actually want to be interrupted by it every day. And so I think that that's a great piece of feature. The one last thing that I do over and above that is I uh, have enabled the send archive button. So that sends and archives the messages at the same time. So if if you're a GTD fanatic like we are, I zero out my inbox when I check my email, uh, which means that I have to archive all my old emails. And so send archives great just because it cuts down on another click. So, and you can also choose to just send it if you were to want to keep that email in your inbox for some kind of uh, future reference or if you wanted to put a label on it. So send archive is the final feature Gmail that we use. The last tip actually that I have, and this is pretty valuable if you're running multiple emails out of Gmail, which is something that we bet do. And that's, I've created a way, and I think probably you've done the same thing, but I've hacked a way to add signatures to my emails. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, really? All right. Well, good. Maybe I'll teach you a thing. Sweet. So basically what you do is, you know, it's a big problem in Gmail is that you can't add different signatures. So Dan at Tropical MBA, Dan at Lifestyle Business Design. That's a Um, big problem for me. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. So you don't want to have to go in and retype that all the time. So what you do is you go into compose a message in Gmail. And you type out what you want to type out, like uh, dan at tropicalmba.com. And then you go to canned responses and you say... Mm, I see where you're going with this. Sharp. Yeah. So I've got about 10 canned responses that I have saved. And so basically, you just insert these canned responses and they act... Wow. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to go do that today. That's a really good tip, man. Okay, two, two quick other things just to mention. We'll probably go maybe in more detail about this stuff, but number one is Dropbox. If you haven't gone to dropbox.com or if you've been kind of rolling your eyes and saying everybody's talking about Dropbox and I haven't done it yet, just go get it. Use it. It's awesome. Basically, it installs a folder on your desktop or on Mac on your toolbar. You can share different folders in that folder with different people, and it syncs those files on the hard drive of the people that you share stuff with. I mean, it's just insane technology. It's basically like an FTP server without the technology and without the passwords. Um, It's just incredible. Like, right now, I could literally drag a video file, like a huge flip high-def video file, onto my shared folder with Ian that says shared folder with Ian, and Ian would get a little notification that that file is now on his computer. And if he Ian unplugs and like goes down to the train station or whatever, he can watch that video with no network plug-in. I mean, it's like a cool. it's like a ubiquitous USB fob that's like shared with anybody in the world. It's absolutely going to revolutionize some businesses. We can link to a great article in Forbes that I mean, businesses are saving so much money with this kind of thing. Like especially like you know high volume like things that used to needed to be FedExed kind of stuff. Now you can just like pop it on the Dropbox and it's just out of this world. And we work with FTPs with like our factories and stuff and that stuff, even with technical guys, FTP sucks. I mean, it's just like these stupid passwords and I always mess mess it up and lose stuff. And then you got to give people permissions and then old stuff is there. I mean, I could go into our Dropbox shared folder, Ian, right now and delete a file or pull it off onto my hard drive and you'll get a little notification saying that file just got deleted. I mean, it's like, it's out of this, it's out of this world. It's totally baller. And the final thing, man, this is turning into a tips episode. 
Uh, the final thing, two quick SEO tips from Jamie, who just is, is a, we're going to talk a little bit more about Jamie in the future. He's an SEO expert from the UK. We're going to link to his uh, uh, Twitter profile. He's launching an SEO product, which I'm really excited about because he's given me some SEO tips that are just out of this world. But here are two SEO pointers that you can implement in less than five minutes that can help your site out a little bit. These are on-page factors. One is very simple, and something that I've forgotten about is to no-follow links to both contact forms and to third-party sites that you don't want to pass on link juice to. And a great example is most people, when they say follow me on Twitter, they don't create that to be a no-follow link. And what that means is you basically want to train the search engines to crawl your site the correct way. And so when you don't put a no-follow tag on your Twitter page, the search engines like thinking that I'm voting for Twitter. And so they send some of my juice to Twitter, which is actually I should be focusing my juice on my internal pages. So I should be right. focusing my juice on my about page or whatever. So, you know, you want to you want to do this not only with third-party sites like Facebook and Twitter, but you also want to do it with things like your contact form. Like you don't need to rank for contact us, right? And you don't want to send people into the infinite loop of this contact form. So just no follow that link as well. Instead, send, send the search engines to the landing pages that you want to make authoritative. The second thing is just if you're a blogger, uh, if you have a product site or whatever, make sure that you understand that your top links, the first links left to right across the top of your page, are really your most important resource and product pages. So make sure that they're keyword dense. Something a lot of people um, do is they'll just make a link like that says about. And I know we've got this on our podcast, like, the, our uh, our podcast is a total SEO delinquent right now. I mean, it just gets zero attention. But, I mean, it really should be resource pages up there about things that we can provide the definitive content to because those are the pages that Google is going to come to your site and say, this is what this site is about. So even if you can say things like, you know, even if your URL and H1 structure for your about page is instead of about, it should be about the Lifestyle Business Podcast. Or at least some kind of keywords in there, like about the whatever it is that we want to rank for. Those are things that you can think about. And this is obviously much more relevant on product sites. But it's just these are good, like kind of basic fundamentals to just rethink. Are the top links on your page really the keywords that focus on the key terms that, you know, you want to rank for? I mean, just to give you an idea, we have a website where the top thing was custom design. And it's like, are we really going to rank for custom design? I mean, is that... Right. Like, it, what? It's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It's like such a vague concept. And so we went back in there based on Jamie's advice, and we refocused that page towards a key term market that's really going to be valuable to us. And so, you know, there's that fine line you want to do between navigation. Like, it's a really common thing to just say about, and people know what that means. But also, like, that's not giving you any significant landing page SEO potential. So those are two quick SEO tips. We're going to be doing some more SEO stuff, too, because, uh, you know, I do SEO for a living, and uh, there's a lot of really cool things that can help people get tons of traffic. So we're going to do a lot more stuff like that. Hopefully have Jamie on the program at some time. I think he's on vacation or something. I don't know. I haven't heard from him in a little while, but... Thank you so much, Jamie, if you're listening, for uh, doing the free assessments of our sites. Uh, very cool of you and hoping to share more of yes. your information with the audience. All right, Ian, as always, this was the best part of my day, talking to you on the mics, doing the podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tweeting. 
writing us. Only a couple phone calls so far. If you want to get uh, on the air, you can give us a phone call. Our number's on the site. Also, if you do write us an email question and you want to have your site on the show, let us know in the email because I'm never sure because I always assume an email is private. So if you want me to mention your business on the show, uh, make sure you mention that in the email. All right, Ian. Thanks so much Dan, for joining nice me. To talk to you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything 